That's the best one right there. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like a, the master in the, you know, had one. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Right, man, I'm so excited. Let's roll. Let's roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined as always with Kyle and Hank, boys. Hello. Hello, Kyle. Uh, Hank is still out. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I guess, taking the bye week a little early. Uh, we'll we'll see if he's back. I don't think it's turning into a off-season drama thing like we had with you. Well. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we still have an amazing game to talk about. Uh, Packers won. Sorry, Packers. Well... Packers I did not win. I take. I mean, actually, I you know the what? Game as a as a W. They did win. Yes, you know, mentally. A couple flaws Physically. pointed out. Everyone pretty much healthy aside from MVS. You know, throw the Lions a bone, whatever. Got but some Jordan Love snaps. Jordan Love snaps. Yeah, you know, mostly good. But we'll see about Hank. He should be back for when we have our bye week bonanza next week. Bonanza part two. Part two. Shit, and that's our sixth. Probably sixth total. We, it'll be our sixth overall bye week bonanza. That's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about the game a little bit. What we can. <laughs> what was the score? Thirty to thirty-seven. Packers. 30, yep. Packers lose. Um, I don't know. We'll get into what we're. We'll talk about later. But first, Kyle. You know, we hmm. for the last time of the year, I think it's time to uh, to shit on the the other teams in the yeah. NFL. All uh, right, let's do it. Obviously, the Vikings fired. Uh, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, and the Bears have moved on from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. All fired. Uh, I guess, Kyle, initial thoughts? I think we saw this coming, but what do you... Uh, yeah, the Spielman, I think, was maybe the most surprising. Yeah. Because, um, I guess, in the many Vikings fans I knew, they didn't think Spielman was going to be gone. I mean, they thought for sure they wanted for sure for Zimmer to be gone. I thought that was pretty obvious, yeah. but... Um, yeah, and, and apparently Spielman himself was blindsided by it, and I kind of, I've kind of, I kind of enjoy that image. Uh, he just seems that's mean. Yeah, well, ah, <laughs> oh God, yeah, that was mean. I mean, like he seems like a nice guy. He just seems like the guy who's kind of got the evil grin, knowing that Zimmer's going down and he's going to be just fine. He looks like the evil businessman in like a Marvel movie. Or exactly. Yeah. Exact. Go Google a picture of Rick Spielman. And yeah, it's very, uh, it, yeah, it's very villain in a movie type of, uh, attire. And yeah, I just, I, I, I could see him sort of letting Zimmer fall on the sword and thinking he's safe. And then for him to get blindsided is just kind of a somewhat yeah. pleasant thought, but I'm also sad about it because in 15 years he could never put together a decent O line. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully that, that was the tragic fall. He, he, I mean, he genuinely maybe Adrian Peterson's MVP year. They had a really good run block, but yeah. they just never had a complete unit that was like top. 10 or 12 even one of the best years they had was that run you know to the nfc championship game and the biggest reason why is because their 
five guys were healthy the entire season. Yeah, but other than that, outside of that, it just never could scout or draft or put together a, a solid five that uh, protected yeah. the quarterback. And, um, yeah, as for the Bears, that honestly was a disaster to watch. That George McCaskey stuff. Dude, every time those people have to talk, and it's <laughs> it, once again, it's something you know people make fun of us Packer fans for being quote unquote owners, but at the same time, it's like look at what the actual yeah. owners fucking are because they're horrific. Yeah. Like these weird little sorry, now I'm stealing your thunder here, but like the weird little thing talking about Nagy's son and the bullying oh and my stuff, God. And, and then the Olin Crute stuff. The, oh Call yeah, him a liar, throwing yeah, him back under the bus, and they're having uh the old guy, what's his name, part of their. Uh, Bill Polian, 79 help. years old. Yes. And I <laughs> couldn't. So bears. I, it was so weird. I like couldn't. I couldn't escape this like almost like watching that presser McCaskey. I, I couldn't escape this like almost weird sense of like guilt where I'm thinking like, man, like I'm so lucky that I grew up a Packers fan. My dad was a Packers fan. That's what. And, you know, that's probably most people's origin story for becoming a fan. And it's like. And. People like me who grew up because, you know, their dad was a fan or whatever of the Bears and like they got to sit through that bullshit and like be a fan of them. And I'm just like, like, I'm so lucky. But like, if you're a fan of the Bears, you're so unlucky because of just such a disaster. And it's like all. So I recently learned that the Bears ownership, that's literally all they have. Yeah. No, I said that on the podcast. They're not in. Ago, yeah. yeah. They're not in any sort of other financial investments or all their wealth is in the Chicago bears. So you yes. would think that like that ownership group just like lives and breathes and sleeps and just nonstop thinks about football all the time. And yet they trot out that George McCaskey and he's just a buffoon. Yeah. He's just like, I'm a, I'm a fan of football. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what questions he's to ask. The son of the, of the owner, the, the woman, I forgot her name, but yeah. And it, it it's like, how is that even possible? Like, this is your entire livelihood. And, and you're just so extremely incompetent. It's like, it again, It's just it was this, it was very short-lived, but it was just this weird sense of guilt. Like, man, imagine being a fan of that team. That's just no direction, no, no passion, no, just no hope. And today now, too, even, you know, right before we started recording here, Joe Judge got fired from the Giants. And, I mean, it brings it up, like, who would you – in your life, who would you rather be a fan of, like the Packers or the Giants? Because the Giants, you know, mm. they have two Super Bowls in our, you know, lifetime. Packers only have one, but God, you look at just the way they handled the end of Eli Manning and, you know, the last GM that they had and, you know, Daniel Jones and everything. It's like, I think I, a rare occurrence, but I would probably still be a Packer fan and yeah. have one less Super Bowl and enjoy a lot more time being a fan than the bullshit you're putting up with with these terrible guys running your right, organization as as shitty as it was from april to august this year i mean yeah. and it wasn't even really that shitty looking yeah. back i mean you look back you kinda, now it's worth it because yeah because you still again. had hope of like yeah he's gonna show up but then like yeah from september to this very moment has just been an absolute blast like yes. it's so damn fun consuming football because it makes all other parts of football interesting because you know, you're you're in the thick of it, and you're a contender. That yeah, I would I would definitely would not trade being a Packers fan for for pretty much any other team. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk briefly about it too. Zimmer clearly had to go. It's funny how now like Eric Kendricks came out and said that it'll be nice to like be he might 
not be a Viking next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm I'm curious like, what your he, your angle he is. He ruled there. in like fear, pretty much. He said, yeah, he said a fear based organization is not the way to go. What is your read on that? I think it's just like threatening to cut guys or sick guys. I mean, you saw what happened with Daniel Carlson, you know? Yeah, and that's. Even though, obviously, that's not Zimmer's job, but obviously Zimmer was probably like, hey, I don't want this fucking guy to be the kicker anymore. So I think that's part of it. So, yeah, so your read is you you, you see it as Zimmer's philosophy was to, like, threaten guys and black... Yeah, I'm curious where you're going with it. Because I saw someone interpret it as, like, not moving on from Zimmer would be a fear-based approach of, like, starting over and having to, to reboot. And did I saw, a, I saw multiple Viking, people. Did a Viking fan say that? Yeah, multiple people. Yeah, that's, and I'm that's like, what they're trying to tell themselves. And I'm like, that that seems like a weird read on it, but I could see it, too, because, I mean, the Vikes do kind of keep hanging on to shit that's not working, like their $45 million quarterback. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I But I that was my initial read. It's like, okay. oh, Zimmer was kind of like a... Interest. I don't. He's he's just such an angry dude, you know. And just yeah. this year too, the sound bites. I've I've loved him. He's been one of my favorite Viking coaches, you know, as a Packer fan because it's like, oh, well, honestly, all of them have been so bad in different ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Chili had the weird thing where he like dressed up as a woman on the airplane one time. Chill. Uh, Brad Childress. Oh, Chili. Uh, <laughs> Call him Chili. <laughs> Frazier, who never opened his mouth, it seemed like, when he was on the oh, sidelines yeah. coaching. And Mike Tice was just, you know, a caricature of what a football yes. guy is. He's like <laughs> he's like a dumbed-down Walmart version of Mike McCarthy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and with with the Bears, too, briefly, Nagy, I mean, God, I don't know how he lasted this long, and more so Pace. Pace should not have had this year even. In- that was another That was another one I was disappointed to see go just because he, you know, trade he he sacrificed like three, two, <laughs> two or three drafts to get Mitchell Trubisky and then doesn't even sign a second contract. So it's, it's like moves like that, you want to keep that GM in your division. Just starting that sentence there too, or like, you know, the move he made, it's like you could say the same thing Which about one? the Khalil Mack thing. You yeah. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, he's a good player at least, but... You just, you know, get rid of your future. Mortgage for, the entire future, yeah. yeah. So that's enough NFC North bullshit talk. Um, this episode for the Packers, which we'll actually talk about, we'll, you know, talk about the game a little bit here. Well, probably more than Kyle would like, but we'll talk about the offense, defense, special teams, get ready for the postseason here, last preseason game of the year. <laughs> um after that, we'll have take news. I've dubbed it the war on Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. It's been a long time coming. You know, we've tiptoed around the subject a bit, not like we're going to really dive into it. But God, it's been, especially this last week, it's like from with all the, angles. With the yeah, MVP just, ballot, ballots having to be submitted soon. Yep. Um, he's just been getting attacked. We'll have, uh, is Kyle an idiot? The last one of the regular season. I don't know if we'll have one for the postseason. We'll see. Is Kyle an idiot? And we'll kind of talk a little bit more about the wrap-up of the season for the Packers, getting to some of those stats. Then after that, we don't have a preview for a game, so I think we'll just talk about uh, the playoff match ups this week, and you know who we would like to face in the divisional round. Hell yeah! Um, I would say, but first pick six, but we're not doing that this week, so we'll just hop right into it. I mean, this like this truly was a preseason game, though. Like yeah. it was cool, <laughs> just like I like I didn't think the the week sixteen the one seed clincher against the Vikings. I somehow watched that extremely relaxed i didn't know it was possible to watch another regular season game as relaxed but yeah this lions game it was just like like i I told you the only thing (laughs) the only thing i watched in that game were the tackles and you're like oh the 
like the the left and right tackle. Yeah, like and I was like, I was like, no, like the, Jesus. the tackling of the ball carrier, just to make sure that the ball carrier, you know, got up right away, oh, and the yeah. tackler got up right away, and there there was health all around. That's pretty much the only thing I I really focused on. It was the first game I can remember, and I don't know why I was so tired, but I was like sitting on the couch, and then I laid down, and I was opening my eyes for for the plays. I'd close them between them, and then I open them, and be like, ah, okay, and. Again, just, just <laughs> wow, a long breaks. weekend. It, no, not really. That's I don't I don't know what's going on. I was just tired. It's I just guess. so hard to get up for that game because it's <laughs> yeah. like there, there's just like not it, just the fans, but the defense as well. Like, yeah. yeah, we could we can really only lose here. So it's like, yeah, I just didn't want to deal with that stress. So diving right into the game, we'll breeze over it as much as we can. First off, overall thoughts. One thing I think this really summed it up well. Uh, Greg Olson during the game and a lot of people have said this. He was like. You know, Dan Campbell's really good at keeping his team engaged. And directly after the game, it reminded me because Matt LaFleur, very pissed off. Mm. He said, we'll never just celebrate effort. And it just shows you the difference in where our franchises are, where everyone's like, ah, Dan Campbell is getting as much out of his guys, as much effort <laughs> as he can. And Matt LaFleur is like, I do not care that <laughs> that's, you know, if that's the only thing we're getting. Um, but yeah, like we said, score was 30 to 37 we'll just start off at quarterback Aaron Rodgers looked fine whatever 14 18 uh 138 yards the two touchdowns very very much in command um and as smarter people than I pointed out and it was kind of obvious too with Myers and Bach being back he was he felt he, he it looked like he felt safer in the pocket like he himself felt safer and you could tell he was holding the ball on a little bit longer extending plays a yeah. little bit longer and I just think it was that that sense of security that 69 brings it in in a preseason game like this was it was more of the yeah you, know, you see him running around right, get it rid of it get rid of yeah, it a little more you know heart beating going on for that right but quickly you know well not too quickly but you know second half Jordan Love comes in he was eh, 10 for 17, 134 yards, one touchdown, two picks, really just the one pick. Yeah, kind of similar to the KC game where it's like you don't like. You know what else was similar to the KC game? It's just hard to make sweeping declarations, and I'm sure there are plenty of people making those declarations, but I'm not going to be one of them. So he was once again, same as the Kansas City game, the lowest rated player on offense for the Green Bay Packers. Uh I know he was all right, but the one thing that keeps popping up, and I think we talked about this during training camp too, at least I did, multiple guys, I know Silverstein has said it, Wildy has, other people too, it's, you know, they've seen a lot of of Jordan Love, but they haven't seen him do anything special. And that's, for as much as we've seen him now, I'm kind of in that same boat where I would like to see a little bit more out of him. I kind of feel like we would feel a lot better if Tyler Davis comes down with that catch. True. He, he rolled yeah. out. He rolled out. He was on the run. He floated. I thought it was a beautiful touch pass. I mean, right on the money. A tough throw to make, and it hits him in the hands. I think if he if he makes that catch, that statement of we haven't seen anything special might be a little, I, little less yeah. have a little less weight. Yeah, I guess that would have been nice. I don't know if that would have been a special play per se. We'll see. I'm starting to. You'll love this. You remember what I said? Uh, Brandon Jackson was the running back for the Green Bay Packers back in the day. Mm. He was a re- he was a good running back, and he was really good at everything except for running the ball. <laughs> great blocker, great catching the ball. You know everything, all those little things he was mm-hmm. good at. I feel like Jordan Love is a good quarterback, 
aside from throwing the ball for the most part. Mm. He's he's good with his legs, but his footwork isn't very good. His balls have got a weird wobble sometimes. You know, a lot I of don't think you're qualified to make that. Absolutely not. But I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Like Aaron Rodgers, footwork, that's such a that's such a generic like the pi- criticism of a quarterback. Like if you don't yes. know what you're looking at, I don't think you should say that. But like the ball, the pick that he had, that was actually his fault. His feet were like parallel with the line of scrimmage. Like it's the you know it's like he was shooting a free throw. Yeah, which I I don't know much, but I know that shouldn't be. Happening. I also yeah I really wish Amari yes wouldn't have dropped that because then sucks. we could have at least seen the rest of that drive play out. Because yeah, that pick wasn't really his fault. Um, but yeah, I just it, he did he did score more than Rodgers did. You know what do you mean? Well, with the ball, the offense was running was a little bit better than when you know when. When uh, when Love came into the game, we were losing, and oh, for the most part, when Love was in, yeah, we were hey. so he brought us from behind. Hey, just and like he he uh, he had better stats than Mahomes, I think. In <laughs> the right. same I thing, about same that thing, stupid thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, same no, the 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 placement on the Josiah touchdown just unreal accuracy. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what I mean. That's kind of where we're at with Jordan Love. It's like we got another half from him, but did we really learn much? Yeah. Not really. He's. I'll say this. He's good at getting guys to jump off sides. He did that in the preseason. He did that again on Sunday. Mm. And one other thing that I found interesting, Love was pressured on 27% of his dropbacks. Rodgers was pressured on 41. So he can't really use that excuse this time. But obviously, we'll see. I'm still... I mean, I guess I'm in a different mindset now, too, than I was even for the Chiefs game because I'm like... (laughs) Aaron's coming back next year with everything we've heard. It's like it's hard to see that. I just... Yeah, I don't... I just just don't make any determinations on Jordan Love yet. Yeah. Just let's let's all collectively as fans kick the can down the road one more year. Twelve is coming back for at least one more year, and we'll we'll talk about it in three hundred and sixty five days. Yeah, we'll see. I I don't want to talk about it, but I also like talking about it, so it's I mean it's, this is a podcast, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh moving on to wide receiver, Devontae Adams broke Jordy's record for most receiving yards in a season. Uh, he finished the game with the six receptions, 55 yards. I mean, he's just, even in games where he's not playing much, he has a normal stat line for right. you know, starting on pace for what he usually does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the first half there, I texted this during the game too, to you guys, that first drive, when we got to the red zone and the lions had that switch, uh, for that corner out, you know, watching it live, you see Rogers. Look oh to, yeah. Look Devante's way. And then quickly have to, you know, scramble out and run the opposite direction. And you're like, Hmm, what the hell happened there? And then you see the replay and Greg Olson, you know, points that out. Perfect switch. They played it so well. Like even like even watching it in slow motion, I'm like I I I wouldn't even know what decision to make there. It's, yeah, it's like one of those when you see like two offensive linemen pass some pass off the yeah. rushers and it's like the same thing where I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay." And it's funny cuz it's like that's the one time where we'd be like, "Ah, good defense on yeah. Devontae this year." <laughs> but yeah, once again just continued the historic year he had came out healthy. That's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Bigger thing with this game, Alan Lazard, first career uh, two touchdown game. He did have five receptions, seventy five yards, and especially God, the last couple of games, he's, line. he's the red zone guy. And well, and he and we've that's kind of been an ongoing narrative on this pod of like, you know, who is the wide receiver two? Yeah, let's. I mean, let's put a stamp on that. He is absolutely wide receiver two at this point, and uh, just getting yeah more reliable by the week when 
I think it was, yeah, the Seattle game when we started to to worry a little bit. But pretty much since then, yeah, he's been solid. And I don't remember if we talked about that last week, but Devontae Adams did bring that up last week or the week before. How And I think it was that Seattle game where he really got on the receiver room besides him for, you know, having to really, you know, get their nose down and work a little harder. And since then, Lazard's kind of, you know, he's like we said, he's been that reliable guy, what he usually has been. I think he had a couple drops in those few games there. Yeah, that little mid, mid-season yeah. stretch, but has just been rock solid since. Also, loved uh, that he got uh, a taste of his own medicine in a good way. When he scored, he got crowned. Oh, yeah, the triple crown. He got crown. triple crowned. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Rodgers, Devontae, and A.J. Dillon that all, all gave him the crown, which he is he is known for being the, the crown sender so it was it was good to see that yeah he's got that lizard king shirt too and whatever his brand is at the, at top. the top yeah it's pretty cool att yeah, yeah, yeah good for him like uh i'll say this you know now that we're anointing him i think i said this last week or the week before too now that we're anointing him the number two with Cobb coming back you Ooh. know you know Cobb's gonna be the number two guy Damn. in the divisional round true uh nvs hurt his back got hurt yeah what uh what more do we know of that this is the only tidbit I've heard. Matt hasn't said much, but uh, Bill Huber did say after one of Lazard's or Patrick Taylor, someone's touchdown, MBS ran up to congratulate him. So, oh, okay. Probably not too bad. And it was just like extreme, extreme precaution. Like, I imagine if you had yes. any sort of like, I mean, because Aaron Jones was flat inactive, right? Yes, him and Devondre Campbell. Like, yes. if you had any sort, what was Campbell's issue? Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, back, if you had any count. sort yeah. of ailment, even just a little bit, yeah, it was probably just like, nope. Yep. So hopefully that's the case with MBS. And because uh, he's just, he's he, he's such a threat with his speed that even if he if he has zero catches for zero yards, like right. just his presence out there opens so much. It makes the safeties stay honest. And I just, I really hope he's he's good to go for the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see if we'll have decoy MBS for for the playoffs. Uh, Amari Rogers briefly, God, just still not a very good rookie year for him. Mm. Obviously, had the drop that turned to an interception. Had the one reception where he got contact right away, which was nice because he's been more of a kind of timid player. Yeah, so, came down with it. but and uh, I know this is this is special teams, but he had a couple solid returns too. Yeah, well, so it's like even when he does that, yeah. it's like you look at the drop that ended the game, and it's like. Just a frustrating player and, you know, wouldn't be surprised. Maybe you already said this, but wouldn't be surprised if, you know, with a fully healthy Cobb, if he's just like a healthy scratch. And with the David Moore, you know, being the, the main guy now. I, just, I I would enjoy that if nothing else. It would be a deep sigh of relief. Just going to into, know there's no chance for <laughs> yeah. him to even touch the ball under any circumstance. Right. Uh, Juwan Winfrey, we can talk about him too. Very raw. This is, mm. you know... Like the second time he's gotten a lot of snaps, Arizona, he got quite a few too. And once again, he fumbled the ball. Yeah. He did that in Arizona as well. He's a very raw, and like we've said, he looks like Just a looks good the part. receiver. He <laughs> yeah. looks the part. You know, he picked up the fourth down conversion too. But I think 88, the number 88, does a lot of heavy lifting yep. for looking the part. But yep. Yeah. But two fumbles in limited time. Hopefully, you know, he'll come back, especially with what the receiver room looks like for next year for mm-hmm. who we have under contract, and he can learn a little bit more he's the guy he was the talk of training camp for kind of you know um under the radar wide receiver yeah. so we'll and see. yeah i mean i'm rooting for him but uh with yeah Cobb getting healthy and lazard being a stud and hopefully mvs healthy just yeah won't have to worry about him 
in yep. over the next month. Uh, EQ had a couple of receptions, but who really cares? His brother is a lot better than him. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. At, at running back, <laughs> Aaron cold. Jones didn't suit up. Would have played if it was the playoffs. You kind of mentioned that there. A.J. Dillon, 14 carries, had a 4.5 average. He did finish with 63 yards. But Patrick Taylor was kind of more of the story for the running back position in this game. He had a 4.8 average, 11 carries, 53 yards, mm. his first NFL touchdown. Um, once again, I feel runs a little mean. He runs mean. He, once again, like I told you when we were watching beforehand, it's like he doesn't look like a running back, or I'm not used to watching him run, especially with that ugly number 27. Hey, hey, watch it. Well, 27 looks big, better on a bigger dude, I yeah, guess, that's than it Eddie does Lacey's on him. Number. Yeah, but it's you know he. It seemed like every time he looked up, he was getting like a six or eight yard run. So I don't know if he has to play a little bit. I wouldn't be were as worried as you would have thought like a month or two ago. Yeah, it's he's he's no Dexter Williams, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, God. I'm glad we haven't had to talk about Dexter Williams at all this year. <laughs> I wonder if he's still on the Giants practice squad. Oh, I thought he's not still on the Packers practice no, squad. No, no, he got he got cut and they did not even bring him back on the Patrick yeah, Scott squad, yeah. Uh at tight end, Josiah DeGuar is about the only one to talk about. He, yeah, baby. He finished with uh sixty six yards. Do you remember how long? Sixty two. Sixty two. He had three receptions, so the other two the one was on fourth down. The fourth down, down yeah. Well short, but the sixty two yard reception. Nice little screen, like I said to you. It it was just like a, perfectly placed ball. <laughs> yeah. Right on the right on the numbers. It the play reminded me of like an Aaron Jones long touchdown run where it's like, oh, 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 shit, he's, <laughs> he's gone. He's just passed everyone. And I guess everyone was surprised with the speed. You know, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but. Those really are Aaron Jones touchdowns, though, where it's just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's like the one thing we've, we've missed from Aaron Jones this year. I can't remember him having a big old. Uh, it's, no, it's like he, he really had three hasn't. like 60 plus yard touchdowns last year, but. Yeah, Deguara, nice little thing to put on tape entering the playoffs. Give uh, the defenses one other thing to think about. Dominic Daphne, too, he had a nice long reception from yeah. Jordan Love as well. Once again, getting involved in whatever facet. He's, he is the gadget uh, guy. I, th- I don't know why this guy, but you remember Jim Kleinsasser back in the day mm-hmm. for the Vikings? Dominic Daphne is like Jim Kleinsasser for, for the Packers. A little more athletic, probably. I would hope so. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what... Klein Soster looks like, but he just looks like a guy who works on your car or is sitting at the end of the bar. You know? <laughs> and he had a neck roll, I'm pretty sure, which <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a name like right. Klein Saucer, yeah, you need a neck roll. Yeah, perfect Midwest name. Uh, offensive line, we hinted at it a little bit. David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers both came back. Bakhtiari played 28 snaps. Hated I that. Hated that he just like ran off the field. Yeah, everyone was, was worried. Very panicked. You could you could tell. I mean, watching it, it's like he's smiling and stuff. It's like eh, yeah, but there was fine. a there was a good three to four minute window there where it's like oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah, I the fact that he went in the medical tent right. was something, but I wasn't too worried. But and obviously he was fine. He came out fine. Uh, they well, because well because. I mean, Josh Myers continued to play a little bit more, which I know they're just different series. injuries, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, you figured they would have had the same sort of yeah snap count, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm no doctor. It's funny because, like you said, you know, a lot of people were freaking out, but Bakhtiari said that he actually played more than he was expecting, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard too. But he wasn't planning on playing until Rogers like texted him. Yeah, I gotta know what that text before. is. I th- it seems like it was just like, hey, come on, let's just, because he talked about a little bit on the McAfee show today, too. Like, oh, why don't we just get the rhythm going a little early? Cause, and I guess they were actually planning on having him come out cold in the playoffs, 
but I guess it's mm. nice to get some snaps in before God, whoever Rogers. we're to have to face in the first round. Just a just a beacon of inspiration. You you hear that well, story about Derek Carr too? Oh yeah, where just he like got a, he got a text in the morning from Rogers saying something, and then you know they go out and win and clinch a spot. So well, I guess a, depending on which way you want to look at it, one you could say he was you know trying to pull his weight around and forcing an injured player to play when they didn't mm. want to, and another thing you look at is. He was rooting for another team to win. Yeah. What? Why don't you focus on your own team? Yeah, man? that's a good Florio spin. Thank wow, you. you're getting pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. But <laughs> looking at it again, uh, you know, the starting offensive line in this game, David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Lucas Patrick, Dennis Kelly. Kyle, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the lineup's going to be in the playoffs? Are you fine with this line going forward? Billy Turner was activated today, but uh, what do you think? So, sorry, from left to right, go again. Bakhtiari, Runyon, uh, Myers, Patrick, Kelly. Love. Oh, Kelly on the right. Yes. Not Turner. Well, I'm just saying this last game, that's what it was. What oh. do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I Yeah, I would think Patrick should stay out there because he, he would start over Newman, correct? Newman, yes. Yes, absolutely. Rather take the veteran. And I think he guard is his Yes, is his primary position. Andy Herman's pushed put that out there a lot. How left guard center he's graded out very low in his book, but right guard he's played pretty well. So I don't know. There you go. I, yeah, love it. Andy knows, I guess, but whatever. Yeah, I I agree with that too. Something it's a little weird for all the shit you know, beat writers get mad at uh, Lafleur about about not disclosing injury stuff. He said that he sees Patrick as a starter for the playoffs. So it sounds like he will have that right guard spot tied down. Because with Billy Turner coming back, I would think he might start at right tackle in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, if well, you yeah, were, where else would he start? Well, he's played just, right guard, too. And Dennis Kelly has been phenomenal at right tackle. So oh, maybe eh. you'd, you know, Patrick's kind of a leak. He is the weak link usually when he plays. So if Turner came in and played right guard, Kelly stayed at right tackle. Wouldn't be shocked to see that either. But it doesn't sound like that's what it's going to be. No, yeah, I don't know. Turner, because Turner hasn't played guard all year. Right. That's that's the big and thing. And so. he's gotten, you know, a bunch of praise for how well he's been playing at right tackle. So, yeah, right. if it ain't broke, as they say. Yeah. And once again, it's crazy how we have so much depth on this uh, on, on seriously. The offensive line. And, and, oh, and just, oh, what a blessing. Like, it's all, it's all coming together so nicely, like, just health-wise on the offensive line. And, I mean, really... The overall 53, I just, ooh, 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 I'm excited. Well, I w we have a lot to talk about with taking news. That's it for the offense. You want? We'll talk about the defense. Well, we'll do this first. You saw uh, what Zedarius tweeted today? <laughs> no. So, this dude, and obviously I've been oh, on him all boy. damn year. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> obviously I've been on him all damn year. So, like, today he Spence's tweeted. Spence's face is already getting red. Oh, no. Today he tweeted, feeling good about my workout. Fresh legs. And Ooh, it's like, you know, earlier in the week, yeah. he tweeted out the clock emoji. Kyle, I got two other posts here. I just want you to guess. So everyone's getting excited. <laughs> Obviously, Ian Rappaport talked about it, too, how they expect him to practice on Wednesday and perhaps play in the playoffs. Matt's been a lot more. I mean, he has with a lot of the injuries this year. Trying to bring it back down, you know, we'll take it a day at a time, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Not going to guarantee anything. All right, Kyle. <clears throat> First one, this this is a post on Instagram. It's Z smiling, <laughs> and the caption is, it's about that time. Yeah, it is. Can you guess when he posted this? Uh, like fucking October, probably. December. This was December 8th. <laughs> now he's got a tweet. All right. 
There's a tweet he had. Just landed back in Green Bay, exclamation points. I can't wait to get back on the field with my bros. Bunch of flexing emojis. Hashtag go pack go. Can you guess when this is from? Mm, two weeks ago. October 29th. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, it's like, okay, dude, I'm going to be happy when you're back, I guess. And I don't think you are, honestly. <laughs> I don't think you will be. I don't know either. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It would be really cool if we brought him in as like, you know, like the Clay Matthews kind of rangy linebacker role and he was out there with Campbell instead of Barnes, who's struggled of late. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Z. But God, I, I can't wait to the, complain about maybe, and I probably won't complain about what he's doing on the field rather than what he's oh doing on social God. media. You're, oh, I just cannot wait for him to have like 11 sacks over the next three games. And then you just oh. have to, oh, I'm going to like make you I'll a Zadarius Smith <laughs> words meal. And just, you're going to have to eat all of hey, it. I will cheer just as loud as anyone else. Maybe even louder. It's just, I'm the guy just wants to ball with his bros. Like <laughs> leave him alone. Okay. Yeah, then he should have got surgery in the offseason. But with that, we will have a quick break and then talk about the defense. All right, we are back with the defense. Uh, oh, and that was also a great product or service. Mm, love that service and or product. There you go. Perfect. God, we're great uh, spokespeople. Uh, moving on to the defense. The defense was bad, if you forgot. Uh, probably the most mad Matt LaFleur has ever looked in a presser. He did curse for like the first time ever. But he was really pissed. What what curse did he use? You know, I think he said shit. Ooh. Yeah, because Bill Huber pointed that out. I was like, I don't remember him saying that. I, I, You know, I posted the clip, too, of him being pissed off, talking about the lack of discipline, which obviously mostly is talking about the trick plays that the Lions were running against us and on offense for them. It did seem to work. I think every single one of them got them a first down. Pissed about people trying to do more than their 111th, which is also something he's harped on at nauseum the three years he's been with the Packers. But not a good day for the defense. Once again, it just shows you what Devondre Campbell is for this team. Yeah. They found uh, Oren Burks very quickly. It's yeah. like once they find if we're in zone, it's like, okay, let's pass someone off into that zone and hit it there. And that's what they did with Amon quite yep. a bit. But briefly, I'll just go over this. The top five players... On Sunday for the Packers on defense was Tippa, actually. Hey. Uh, Gary Preston and Jonathan Garvin and then Kevin King, which he's been a little bit better in this role where he's kind of filled in for Henry Black a little bit in that, you know, that dime safety look. Uh, the bottom five were Barnes, Slayton, Sullivan, Yadam, and Burks. Burks and Yadam, it's like you know when they're on the field because yep. they miss a tackle or screw up some coverage yep. and tj slayton was the worst graded run defender for the packers mm. which kind of makes sense which with what we've seen in the small snap and chandon so yeah it looked like you saw the back of his jersey chasing his his uh assignment all over the field quite yeah. a bit so another thing sense. i'd say shamar Jean charles every time he's on the field too it's like i noticed too because it's like he goes out of his way to avoid contact and hmm. limited snaps it's like every time i'm like dude come on you're supposed to be you know we see the guys like henry black and i mean god even uh you know like vernon Kentrell bryce Kentrell bryce and vernon <laughs> scott you know in limited snaps they make big hits and you're like yeah we should play these guys more and then once they play more it's like in coverage maybe it's like, i was oh, wrong oh <laughs> yeah oh so that's why they actually watch you in practice and they're not gonna do that um like i said different defense without campbell on there we'll see if we're a little bit better in the run defense in the playoffs you know it was nice to have that vikings game against sean Manning where it's like okay we're good and then 
come crashing back down with this game. But yeah, because we had the conversation, I don't remember, a month or two ago about who the most important guy on defense was. And we we talked about Kenny, Zadarius, Jair, yeah, and this Devontre. Is like the first month. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, after that, I can't remember which game it was, but after one game that Kenny missed, it was like, oh, yeah, Kenny's Kenny's the most important. That's obvious. And now it's like after the Detroit Lions hang 37, it's like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe it's Devondre too. It's weird because it, I think it's Devondre and then I think it's Kenny. Yeah. You know, and before, like you mentioned there too, it's the beginning of the year, we would have thought Jair and Z, but those guys are probably three, four just because of the depth we happen to have mm-hmm. at those positions. Yep. Um, moving on to the, I guess, outside linebackers, no sacks. Oh, I was, mm. I was rooting for the $750,000 sack so bad. And there was a couple where, he, ooh, he was just a just out of reach. It's funny because, you know, especially in the second half when they're pulling some of the starters, they put him in for, like, the pass rush situations. And it's yes. Like, if I, I love that shit. Love that shit. <laughs> I didn't watch the tape, but if someone was lacking discipline on some of those plays, it might have been pressed. And that's in. I, I'm completely I'm, okay with I'm it. I'm fine with it, Get too. your ducats. Yeah. Play, in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. So as long as you're containing then, sure, whatever. Uh, defensive line, Dean Lowry was the only player to get a sack. Uncle Dino. And this is probably far and away the best year he's had as a Packer after, you know, week one, I said, hey, we should bench him, you know, after the Saints game when everyone sucked. But I mean, even really just, great game. from Yeah. Him. Even just outside of that sack, like it just felt like he was getting the interior pressure a bunch, like whatever guard or center he was matched up against would just move backwards. And yeah, if, if he can cause even three or four pressures a game in the playoffs, that's going to be massive because obviously Gary and Preston and hopefully Z are going to do their thing on the outside. Yep. it uh, It's nice to be like, okay, he isn't the weakest link for sure. Yeah. On the defense well, and even if he is, like, that's a pretty good weak yeah. link. Yeah. Very good point. Uh, moving on to the special teams. We can briefly go over this stuff. Crosby missed an extra point. His first missed kick in 20 or 30-something attempts, I believe. Mm. Uh, Winfrey, who we talked about a little bit, partially blocked that one punt. That was nice to see. Oh, Amari Rogers had the longest punt return since uh, last week, yeah. <laughs> which also was longer than uh, all year. Well, since 2018 as oh, well. Oh, right. And Bill Huber pointed this out too. We've had six punt returns at of. 15 yards or more over like the last eight weeks, which is nice. So I thought you were about to say eight years. And I honestly, (laughs) as surprising that would have been, it would have been believable. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's something. So at least we're improving there. Something to look forward to in the playoffs. Things are still kind of, you know, I feel a little bit better. I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, people were really hounding for Drayton to get fired. It's hey, it's David Moore season now, baby. Yeah. Cannot wait. And, and uh, he's he better he better be the punt returner. He I mean, God, who who else would they like I I, I it could still that's be a malpractice Murray. if anyone else is back there. I would agree. It like you said, I I hope he is inactive for the playoffs. But Maurice Drayton, he's always said that the special teams room is the truth room. So if it's truly the truth room, hopefully, you know, that boils over the onto the room. field too did he expand on that what does that mean well that's the thing too because he says it's the truth room but then he also doesn't want to throw anyone under the bus and especially mm. early on in this year with the snapping and holding thing <laughs> yeah i don't know he's he's a nice guy uh, another thing he talked about going into this week was being prepared they were practicing and preparing for fake punts and hey, hey. they held up pretty well tipa Got a tip on the ball. Well, not. I actually don't think he he touched it at all. I actually oh, yeah? think it was a pretty pretty 
perfectly paced, placed ball from the punter, and it just went right through the the receiver's uh, arms. But Tippa played played good defense. I mean, he impaired the vision of the receiver, yeah. so I think that's what caused it. But it was a really nicely placed ball. I thought that's all you need to do sometimes. And God, that reminded me too. What was there like three penalties in this game? The first penalty didn't come until near the end of the first half. I believe that was crazy yeah. to hear them say when, that. Yeah, at any time you just kind of forget about the referees is a, is a win for everyone involved, and especially for such a high scoring affair. Yeah, that's uh, it's yeah. good to see. I obviously loved it. It's like, can we usually do this? But you think about it, it's like, oh, they just did that because they know it was a preseason, yeah. and they just want to get out of there as much yeah. as anyone else. Keep the clock rolling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the defense. Kyle, you have any any more thoughts on the defense, or how do you feel about it I going just, forward? You know, we've had one good performance in the last four. They five have weeks. been trending down a little bit. Um, I just I don't know. Football seems to be a, a a game of runs in terms of week weeks. Like I just think with them sort of trending down, we're we're in for a a, a trending up. And if they can just start playing their best ball with, I mean, they're getting pretty much everyone back on defense. There's really no lingering health concerns on any of our studs. Like, and as people pointed out, and and you kind of just you kind of just felt it when you were watching. Like, yeah, the starters were out there, but was the intensity like really there? Like, could you yeah. really feel the energy? Like, I mean, those guys knew they weren't playing for anything. Like, I just I'm not too worried. A little worried just because the trend of yeah. them, but overall, I think they're getting guys back. There's no lingering concerns, and they can start putting shit together. Yeah, I've heard a couple people say this week, like, "Yeah, maybe you know, come nine o'clock or something, they put the iPad away and weren't watching film right. so much yeah. this week." Which I mean, can you really blame them? But yeah, I'm in the same boat. We'll see. It really does, you know, we'll. The first couple drives when we play whoever in the divisional round, I think we'll have a good idea. But especially at Lambeau, it's like these guys can't mm. come out flat. Mm-mm. I just I would be I, w- sure. I won't allow it. I'll I'll be too loud. You'll well you'll be at the game. Are you going to run on the field? And... I will be at the game. Yes. I honestly, if they need me to get some snaps <laughs> at corner, I'm I'm willing and able. Okay. Well, maybe not so able, but I'm willing. <laughs> It w- yeah, I'd like to see that too. Like you just dressed up in your jacket, everyone else's pads and stuff on, and you're just like lining up against Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm and I know and I go, Kevin, give me your cleats, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, yeah, we get the show on the road. Well, hey, we practiced a little bit on uh, whatever road you usually tailgate on. Where I'm not going to say it. Yeah, we were at that Raiders game yeah. with the Aaron Jones finding the-, the ball in the corner. <laughs> yeah. and we were practicing that. Yeah. Just, so yeah, maybe I am able. I don't know. Yeah, just guy stuff. You know, I'm sure we could. <laughs> you could throw us right in, and we'll be fine. But. Uh, with that, uh, we'll have take news. Oh, football time. Take news. All right, take news. A little bit of a throwback. I think season one, we more so kind of focused on this type of stuff where we make fun of beat reporters' takes and the general, you know, discussion going on on Twitter, social media, blah, blah, blah. But especially the last couple of weeks here, it has been, I mean, just as fans, it's like, can we stop this talk with Aaron Rodgers and everyone just coming at him? So obviously it started, you know, literally after we recorded last week, like the first. Oh, uh, yeah. Florio column came out. where The it, hub. Yeah, the hub. Talking, oh, God, that was so awful. You, you know it's bad when, like, Florio is... Having to defend 
Rodgers to some degree. Yes. That's, I mean, yeah, that's how you know it's bad. So if you somehow didn't see this last week, I'll just go through it quick. Uh, and the MVP voter, Hub Arkish, whatever you want to say, he writes for the uh, – in Chicago, for the Chicago Bears, but he, but as he said, he loves the Packers. He's he's cover, he he doesn't have an issue with the Packers. He likes the Packers. Yeah. So he basically said he wasn't going to vote for Rodgers because he thought he was the biggest jerk in the league. Mm. And it's funny. So he did mention some of the vaccination status stuff with and Rodgers. You know, when he came and out, the holdout him, stuff. He really focused on that. But then he mostly talked about the holdout stuff, where it's like. Now, I think if you're going to talk about the vaccination status, it's like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, he did miss the one game, but at the same time, Devontae did. But the stuff about the offseason, it's like, you know, we talked about it as fans earlier in this show even, where we're like, yeah, it was worth it. And I'd go through all of that shit again if mm-hmm. we're going to have a season yep. like this. And that's exactly what it gave him. So that started the the week off where, you know, it starts off that narrative. Well, like, and he just, should be voting. Like the fact that he said he, he determined in August <laughs> yes. that he wasn't going to vote for him. Like, a mat, like, I almost, oh, I wish Rodgers' stats were even more insane this year. Like, I wish he would have yeah. threw for 60 touchdowns just to see if, if he says that same thing. Because, like, to, to make that determination in August is just so... Mm, I want to. I want to pick the right word. It's. Oh, it's just closed-minded. It's just so like. Uh, it's such an injustice to the yes. to other voters that are eligible to vote. Like you're, you're just like you're you're a waste of space if that's how you're going to determine your vote. That's that's just yeah. wrong. I I just imagine him with like poop in his pants with his arms folded, just like I'm yeah, not, I'm not going to vote for you. Nope. And it's you know that's. Bro, that shit's old news. Who fucking cares about that? And Rogers obviously called him a bum. Oh man, that was oh. that was fun watching I, that presser. Where immediately he's, he's, like, a he's a bum. He's a bum. He's an absolute bum. And, and it had some, me th- like it's just like the 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 bum is just so concise and so effective as an insult. And it got me th- like, what are some other just concise one word takedowns? Like clown. That's a great one. It it is like the loser. One, it's you know the. Uh, uh, single. Uh, God, why can't I think of it now? Oh my God. Single. Oh my God. Oh, you got it. S- not synonym. Oh my God. This is so antonym. Bad. No. Sometimes when we start recording, my analogy brain just doesn't. No. Uh, like Mississippi. Cla- syllable? syllable. Oh, one syllable. One syllable <laughs> words. Yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah, syllable. Just the ones. Just so. Just so concise and just well, cuts through everything. Yes, it is the one syllable word. Shit. Fuck. Um, mm-hmm. The. The bad, the other, their piss, other bad words. Damn. Yeah, yeah, the other hell. Yeah, when people say piss, it just really hits. <laughs> but yeah, call them a bum. I thought you were just saying one syllable concise words that feel good to now, say. Now I just look like an uneducated moron, which yep. I'm very smart, obviously, if mm-hmm. you've been listening to the podcast. Well. But this talk of Hub, like I've said before, I listened to all the other podcasts from people who are actually on the beat, which would be like Packers News. Don't listen to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the head of the pack with Matt Schneidman. I listened to Wildy here Don't and there. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to any of that bullshit, especially this week. So, la- well, I guess last week they talked about it on the Packers News podcast. And Tom Silverstein, who writes for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he actually has a vote. And I thought, you know, we'll play a clip here. It's a little long. It's over a minute. I think it's, it'll be right around two minutes. But it's interesting to hear Tom talk about this thing and the MVP voting, and he does actually have a vote. 
do do all field actions impact MVP voting? Oh, great question. Yes. Now, let me um, clarify that. I would not have uh, voted for Ray Rice as MVP um, or the guy from Seattle who, you know, was abusing his girlfriend, wife, or the kicker from the Giants, Josh Brown. Because I, in good conscience, I couldn't. They don't define most valuable player. They, I am on the panel. So they don't tell us this is what it has to be. They just say MVP. And I think it's most valuable player in the NFL. Not the most valuable player on your team necessarily, but in the NFL. And if you are an embarrassment to the NFL or you've done things that have been hurt your team, then I think yes, or hurt society, yeah, the brand of the NFL, then yeah, I think that should be taken into consideration. I think Rogers missing um, a game is, an, is a knock against him. Um, you know, I don't like the fact that he spreads misinformation and misrepresents science. I think that, to me, really bothers me. But it hasn't um, taken him out of the MVP race, as far as I'm concerned. So, so what you're saying is, essentially, yes, how you conduct yourself off the field should make a difference, but it's hard to argue that what Rodgers has done off the field is is on the same par as someone who has beat up their girlfriend or, or, you know, done it, committed. a Yeah. I mean, it's been really irresponsible in my viewpoint, what he's done. I don't know that anybody has followed him because not worn masks or not got vaccinated because of him. I I just, I don't know that to be a hundred percent true. I would suspect some people have been influenced, but I don't know that for a fact. Um, it, I just want people to know that that is a consideration for me. I just don't know if it's enough. Kyle, I guess I'll I'll just set this up to you. Uh, what what do you think of Tom's comments? Just uh, just this year, as I was starting to really love and appreciate Tom, um, I thought his pragmatic approach this off season about the whole drama was was refreshing and um, kind of both sides it. Well, um, but I, I don't know. I thought that was disappointing from Tom to like, to, to start the, his answer by putting, putting the listener in the frame of mind of like Ray Rice (laughs) and that like backup guard who beat the shit out of his girlfriend, like as if that's even in the same solar system of that, it's just like. Like and Tom himself will say, "Oh no, I'm not saying." But like in a way, he kind of did to just even put like I just thought that was weird. And then I, I I cannot get past his comment of if you know you can be the most valuable valuable player in the league, but that doesn't mean you're the most valuable on your team. Which I mean, logically that I mean that genuinely makes zero well, sense to me. I I, I simply because yeah. like. 
you seem you seem to understand where he's coming from, but all I'm wondering is if like where is the scenario where you can be the most valuable player in the National Football League but not be the most valuable player on your team? No, I think that I think doesn't make any no, sense. No, I think he's so I think he's saying the opposite where if it's not the most valuable player on on a team, <laughs> this is going to sound so smart. Not the most valuable player or important player on a team, but the best player in the entire league. So he's saying like <clears throat> someone like Jonathan Franklin. Let's say he scored three more touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, I'm a, I'm a great Packer fan. Jonathan Taylor. Let's say he scored three more touchdowns on Sunday. The Colts make the playoffs. He would be, you know, I think you can make a very good argument that he would be close to Rodgers for MVP because he is the most important player on the Colts, bar none. For you know? sure. And I think that's what he's saying. It's not the most player no, no, no. per team, but NFL. So if you took Jonathan Taylor and threw him on another team, he's not like an MVP. You know what I mean? I think that's what he's doing. I don't know. Just the way he worded it, it makes no logical sense. Sure. And that just that's really bothered me. Yeah. And I don't really I uh yeah, I don't really agree with his uh line of thinking either because he said the the Chiefs game cost him when actually it mathematically did not because if it would have cost him <laughs> then the Lions game would have yeah. mattered yeah. and he would have just played the entire Lions game it was weird to hear him say well you know I dock him for missing a game it's like well Devontae missed a game with I understand the whole unvaccinated thing and that does come into account I obviously went on rant but on that I, earlier in the year but I I mean like if if Rodgers had to miss a month because of his yes. unvaccinated status, yes, absolutely, take yes. that into account. But his unvaccinated status did not harm the team at all. Because yeah, he sat out the Chiefs game. Yeah, they lost. But again, the Lions game did not matter. The one seed was already locked up. So if the Chiefs game ended up mattering, then the Lions game would have mattered. It's that simple. Yeah, it, it's I what. Just, it's, yeah, I'm really disappointed in that line of thinking, and I just think it should strictly be on the field play, which. I mean, he's been the best and most valuable player in the league. Right. It's like, I wish Rodgers was vaccinated so we didn't go through all of this, but I think he probably would have tested positive for COVID anyways at some point That's this a, yeah, year. Yeah, right. I mean, we've seen it with I mean, a lot everyone of has. Like, it like feels we said, like. Devontae the week before and, you know, just this week too, Billy Turner was out. I guarantee the list of players who have not been on the COVID list is a lot shorter than players who have. Yeah, shoot at this point, probably the league. I think I forgot. I think uh, when they really had the uh, surge a couple of weeks ago, it was like ten percent of the league at yeah, least like, was on the. Yeah, I list. mean, go through go through our studs like Rogers, obviously Kenny, Jair. Z- well, Zadarius he hasn't really been around, right? Uh, I don't know. I I just feel like all of our studs have have Devondre have been on it, and yeah. it's I just. You know, once again, I wish he was vaccinated so it didn't happen. It would make things a little bit easier. But to, you know, hold that against him. He, he talked about the science thing. Sure, whatever. But it's like how it's funny to compare off the field. You know, him using his platform to talk about you know COVID and all that, the vaccination, blah blah blah, and comparing it to Ray Rice and stuff. It's so, so weird. The worst thing for me, and this is what I wanted to get at. I still don't know if Tom's going to vote for Aaron Rodgers. Because, I don't think he is. Because he said, the biggest thing that came out of that is, he said, it affects the way he's voting, but it's not enough for him to be out of the running. That's what he said. It's not enough to be out of the running. So he's in the running, 
but it does affect his voting because it hurts science or whatever too. It's just it's very strange to hear someone. I you're supposed to be unbiased, you know, when you're reporting. But for our own guy, I really don't know if he's going to vote for Rogers as an MVP. Hopefully, hopefully this does spark some change though by the AP because that weirdo hub said it, and Tom said the same thing where they don't give you a definition of MVP. They just say that, that part most weird. valuable player. So hopefully that's fixed this off season, and they make make some sort of clear cut guideline, and you don't let personal vendettas get in the way of the votes because mm-hmm. i just yeah I, I i don't know it's it's disappointing yeah and tom's weird too because we talked about it beforehand too where one of our first take news was him talking about the packers raiders game in 2019 when rogers had a perfect oh, yeah, pass and that's when I, tom was on my shit list first time rogers has ever had a perfect pass ring so it was a big story and tom was like pissed that they were talking about it because he said they're in the locker room talking to players like oh how did it feel to be part of this you know, uh, perfect pass rating game for Rodgers. He's like, well... Tom the, was like, there's other guys on the team, yeah, too. Yeah, he's like, they're talking to guys, and the guys are like, you know, well, I played, too. And it's like, you know, MVS did have a long touchdown stuff, but, like, that's that's how the NFL works. And then, funny enough, the that same season when Aaron Jones went on to have four touchdowns against the Cowboys, there was none of that from Tom. Yeah. None of that, oh, too much Aaron Jones talk. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. So, I don't think he likes giving... Uh, Rodgers as much credit as he's due it is tough to know with you know once again with Rodgers MVP Matt LaFleur possibly coach of the year it's like how much credit do you give you know if you've got one and the other like how much credit do they both get you know do you award both of them blah 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 but I don't know it's it'll be nice I just hope he went well god do they announce MVP before the SB because if they do if they do I'm not sure why if we make the SB and they announce nice. MVP before it and AR doesn't get it, Ooh. what kind of fucking chip, chip. on his oh, shoulder man. does he have going as into if, that game? As if he, he needs one. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. oh. The other thing, too, uh, I'm sure we talked enough about COVID. You see what they lined up for the backup Uh SB venue. Oh, his second home. I am hoping for a surge. Oh. I'm, I'm hoping for just hospitalizations, no one no one dying or anything. But if they if they can't go to LA and they have to have it at you know the Cowboys Stadium yeah. and and we're there miraculously. Oh man. Oh, is there a better scenario than that? <laughs> no. No, there isn't. His second home. Oh, has he lost in that stadium? I don't uh, think he has. No, he has not. Yeah, I don't yeah, no, I don't think so. So there, there you go. Well, half hope that happens. Yeah, that's yeah. We're kind of this is satire once again, like last <laughs> yeah, week. It's satire. This is this all is satire. This is comedy. It's a joke. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about too. Yeah, we have we've got time this week. Uh, are the interviews that have started happening for um, other teams' coaches? Uh, reminds me back of when like Joe Philbin back in the day when he had his interviews for teams and eventually became the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, but. As everyone knows, Nathaniel Hackett has interviews lined up with the Jaguars, Bears, and Broncos. And now even Luke Getze, the Packers quarterback coach, is interviewing with the Broncos. Uh, Kyle, I guess I just want to pass this to you first. What do you think of these uh, interviews for some pretty prolific you know, members of the coaching staff You know, now going around the league? Would these be has, big losses? Has, has, 
excuse me, has anyone pointed out Hackett interviewing with the Broncos could mean that uh, yeah. Rodgers could go there? Anyone point that out yet? Well, <laughs> if you remember early on this year, I brought that up as a scenario too, where what if and 12 is coming back. It play, Right. I think so too, but it plays into it this week too, where Hackett, what if he becomes head coach there? Defensive coordinator, hey, Mike Zimmer, you, you need a job, don't <laughs> oh, you? Aaron loves actually, Zimmer, and yeah. on top of that, and I think this is the more tricky part of what's going on here is eventually someone's going to leave. Hackett's probably going to leave. If it's not this season, it'll probably be next season, become a head coach. But when he leaves, it's not just going to be losing him. It's going to be who he brings with. Because mm. I can almost guarantee he's going to bring at least one guy with him Right now, and I think that's what the Broncos are doing to kind of cover their own bases, is having Luke Getze interview. Now, obviously, it's for the head coaching spot, but I think it's also so that they get familiar with someone who could potentially be their offensive coordinator, at, which would be a promotion, so they would be allowed to do that when in right. know, past years you wouldn't be able to. So I think that would move Adam Stenovich up to our offensive mm. coordinator when that happens. Mm. Then we'd have to move other guys around, but then it's even like... Someone like, uh, I think his name's Luke. Luke Buckkiss, the assistant offensive line coach. In relation to Dick. Yes. It oh. is his grandson, actually, I oh. believe. Um, <laughs> you, a little surprised by that, huh? Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, Buckkiss. Pretty... Yeah, it's probably not a very common name. It's kind of like Susmanowitz. Um, but <laughs> you could potentially lose an, you know, an assistant offensive line coach when you'd have to move your offensive line coach up to offensive coordinator, so on, and... To go along with the rumor thing, too, Luke Getze is boys with Aaron Rodgers. He was the guy who was boys with Rodgers before Hackett and anyone else, really, aside from uh, Alex Van Pelt a couple of years ago. Because he was the receiver coach. When LaFleur got hired, um, Getze went to college. He was coaching in college. Rodgers was like to LaFleur, you know who I really like? I like this Luke Getze guy. It would be cool if he was my quarterback coach. Matt's like, okay. So he became wait. A that's how it went. Pretty much. I mean, they had discussions about it, and it. There is no way that Getzi came back on as the quarterback coach without Rogers right. influencing it one way or another. There's right. just no way around it. So I don't know. It's it'll be an interesting off season, one way or another. But especially now with this new wrinkle with Nathaniel Hackett or someone else potentially leaving for another job. Yeah, I mean Hackett seems like pretty much a lock to get hired this cycle he's got interviews everywhere and the way other coaches speak about him it's nothing but praise even media members you know talk about a the positive approach i've never seen someone smile more than this guy yeah and um yeah it would would suck to see him go but he's absolutely earned it and i think we mentioned because i think the rumbling started last week where he's going to get an interview the Jaguars, yep. and he was kind of scapegoated out of there, brought Blake Bortles to an AFC championship. Right. And they were... Ah, uh, there's the phone up. Three weeks in a row. We were, were an inadvertent, vis- inadvertent, vissel, inadvertent whistle away from a Super Bowl appearance for the Jags. I don't remember that part of well, the season. Because it was the... They like blew a fumble dead that they oh, brought back for a touchdown okay. or something. Yep, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, he he deserves it. Would suck to see him go. And yeah, I guess I never really thought about that aspect. That aspect of when Hackett leaves, a bunch of other guys are probably going to leave too. So right, big big game of musical chairs uh, this off season if Hackett gets poached away. But if 
you know, he wants to wait till the next hiring cycle. That would be that would be ideal. Fine by us. Yeah. I, I do wonder too if like he's so smiley and cheery. I wonder if people are interviewing him like this isn't what a football coach is <laughs> yeah, like. You know, like too happy. You're, you're in too good of a mood. Yeah, that's like the last shred of hope I'm, you know, clinging on to for him not leaving. But biggest thing for me, I just hope he doesn't go to the Bears. That would be I guess that that might revitalize the rivalry a little nah, bit. Cause, uh, but if he makes Justin Fields good, that would suck. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, just you saying that now, I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> it would it would be some it would be cute for a week, and then it'd be like, okay, I don't like Fuck, this anymore. Yeah. I do believe he's a pretty good coach. But uh, all right, that's it for take news. Uh, Kyle, are you ready for is Kyle an idiot? Oh yes, I'm not an idiot. Okay, you sure? Yes. All right, is Kyle an idiot for the week? Kyle, did you go? What did you do last week? Were you two and one? Were you one and two? Uh, three and zero. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Actually, yeah. Okay. Uh, then you're thirty eighteen and one. Great job. Nice. You're having a fantastic year. We have three more questions this week. Kyle, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Kyle, who had a better yards per carry this year? Mm. Jones or Dylan? Mm, I just feel like Jones could not get it going between the tackles this year. And that's where Dylan shined. And, yeah, I just feel like... Because Jones... Or, because Dylan just takes one-yard gains and turns them into four-yard gains. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident in A.J. Dillon. AJ Dillon's average was four point three yards. Aaron Jones four point seven. Oh, yeah, kind of weird. Uh, Damn it! Dillon actually finished the year with more rushing yards than uh, Aaron Jones too. Dillon had eight hundred and three. Aaron Jones finished with seven ninety nine. So not too far off, but Damn, even on a per game carries. basis, like Jones Damn. was sneaky, very good this year. Once again, it was like the most under the radar season for a running back in Packers history because he. Every time he touched the ball, he was just really good. Wasn't I mean, he second in catches on the team, too? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's Damn. very strange. And especially looking back last year, obviously we love Jamal Williams. But like I said, you know, both backs this year right around 800 yards. Jamal last year had 505, and Aaron Jones had 1,100 yards. Uh, so. I, again, miss Jamal so much spiritually, <laughs> personally. Mostly spiritually. And just, it was nice to see him this week, too, guy. We didn't even talk about that, but, but it, that was kind of cool. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of football, yeah. Yeah, don't, not, uh, not so much. Don't really miss him. Yeah, we were complaining even last year about Dylan not getting the ball enough. Yeah. But whatever, everyone loves the tweets and stuff, so whatever. <laughs> All right, Kyle, second question. Who had more receiving yards this year, MVS or Randall Cobb? Both having injury plague seasons. Damn. Ooh, fuck. They both had respective games where I was like their game. Right. Like there was a Cobb game. I think there was a couple MVS games. Um, God. I'm going to go. I'm going to go MVS. MVS had 430, Cobb 375. Nice. Very good, Kyle. Yeah. Another weird. It's just his his uh his long catches just seem to probably dominate. It. Like, what's his uh yard per catch? God, yeah. I'm. Let me see if I can find this here quick. 
Yeah, 16.5 average led the team. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, aside from actually Dominic Daphne, 17 yards, his two, his two receptions. <laughs> I was going to say two catches. But yeah, kind of a letdown year, I'd say, for MVS. He was banged up. I guess that kind of comes with being a speedster where mm-hmm. they want to protect him a little bit because, you know, he relies on his speed so much. Good sentence there, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, But even just last year, you know, he had uh, 690 yards. So he just kind of fell back from that. I think we were expecting a little bit more from him this year. And I, I mean... He had that hamstring injury that knocked him out for a month, yeah, more. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Even in the few games, it's like I feel like if he got rid of his top, his three largest receptions, like it would be a drastic hit on his yeah, uh, true his yards for the year. <laughs> and just to, this is how close everyone was for the receivers. Lazard was second on the team with 513 yards, MVS 430. Uh, Aaron Jones, 391. Randall Cobb, 375. And then A.J. Dillon, 313. That's still a lot of Wow, A.J. for, for th- three? That's Someone who can't catch the ball did yeah. a pretty good job of catching the ball. Oh, that reminds me. It just came across my timeline. The, Uh-oh. Oh, it's sh- it sends a shiver down my spine with the, the rage it stirs up in me okay. of the PFF reaction. The, just oh, the yeah. smug condescension of... Oh my God! The Packers just took AJ Dillon. They all just like laugh and smile, and they just got those chubby faces, and they're they're just so smug and ooh, it you, makes me angry. You hate it because it's like it was a predetermined reaction. Like Exa- they were ready. Exactly. For it. That's what frustrated me the most. It's one thing to like, like to like be surprised and be like, oh, I don't know about that pick, but they they were so forthright in like we don't even have them rated. Yeah, th- thinking thinking they were correct. It just ooh filled me with rage and i think he depending on what happened last week but he was like the number one rated running back Mm -hmm. you know on pro football focus Mm -hmm. so whatever those guys suck sometimes most 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 but you know once again depending on the week we decide Mm -hmm. all right the last i almost said pick six play the last (laughs) question kyle who had more sacks rashawn gary this year or kyler fackrell in 2018 I mean, that was the legendary double-digit sack, and I don't think I think I think Gary finished with nine and a half. So I'm gonna go with Kyler Fackrell. Yep, Kyler Fackrell. <laughs> Gary finished the year with nine and a half. Nice. Led, led the team. So I think we might have to get a Hank visor. Hank get Hank a visor. The Rashawn Gary, the Bane Gary visor. I think we talked about that early on if in the he, season. If, if he, he led, led the team in sacks. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Fackrell had. Ten and a half back in 2018. <laughs> Looked up the stats again today because I know he led with double digits. He had two games with three sacks in that season, which is just... What? I don't think Rashawn Gary's ever had one of those games, and fucking Kyler Frack- Fackrell had two twice. Of so He's... Uh, God, what team is he? he I, I just think saw he's him. with the Giants. The Chargers. I oh, think. is he with the Chargers I think now? it's the Chargers, yeah. That makes sense. I think he was with the Giants he's still last year, and then he snaps. went to the Chargers this year. God, he's just... Well, actually, no, they're not in the playoffs now, so... Oh, yeah, true. He was with Blake in the, with the Giants, then over with uh, Corey Lindsley and Corey Brian and Balaga, and Balaga yeah. in... Uh, Awa. Yeah, I don't think Balaga is playing. I think No, he's, he's hurt, yeah. Yeah, weird, poor guy. But uh, with that, Kyle, uh, we'll move All on right, to the... two and one, baby. Yeah, and we'll move on to the preview of the... NFC wildcard weekend. Yeah. God, this us. is just, say it every year. I mean, because every year that this podcast has existed, we've had a very stress free wildcard weekend. The best. And it's just the absolute best. Like, what is it, six, 
six games, six, seven, I don't know. Super wild card weekend, yeah. And you just get to watch from the comfort of your home with no stress, knowing that your opponent is is playing and it's just the best. I, I love playoff football. I do too. It's it is, like you said, relaxing and it's also kind of sad, you know, this is when it really hits you that the season is coming to Winding an end. Winding down, yeah. Because it's like you, you know, you watch and it's like, oh, this is the only game. Like all those other sad poverty franchises are, <laughs> are gone and at home. And it's like, you know, once again, it's that like hollow feeling of, of the end of the year where it's like, this is all we have left. Right. But like referencing back to our, our winter draft, like this this time of year is what makes January good. Because without playoff football, January, I mean, what's the point? It yeah. sucks. But now <laughs> it's like it, it it speeds by because you have something to look forward to in great playoff football and a trip to Lambeau. For me, personally, because I'll be True. at the game. True. Uh, I, I forgot about that. I was going to say that last week, too, where, you know, in the in the winter draft, you selected meaningful football. It's like, oh, we could have put meaningless football, too, for, you know, the Lions <laughs> bye week that we yeah. had. But yeah, we'll you know we'll look through the NFC playoff picture here quick, make some picks, and then uh, you know decide on who we would want to play yeah. in the divisional round. So starting things off, Kyle Philadelphia is going to Tampa Bay to play football. Tampa is eight and a half point favorites. What do you think about that game? Um, yeah, the Eagles are a weird team. I the most frustrating team to bet on. Or bet against. Yeah, I've, I, I, I honestly think I went like zero and seven with them. Like I took, if, I, if I bet on them, they lost. If I bet against them, they won. I took the Lions when they played the Eagles, and that's the best the Eagles have looked all year. Very, yeah, very, very frustrating, weird team. Um, they, 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 I remember they went through this weird like lull in the year where they ran the ball like, like, like not at all. And they just oh, yeah. threw the ball a bunch, but then they started running the ball and they kind of turned their season around. Um, so yeah, it would be it'd be cool to see them shock the world and beat the Bucks, but I just don't I don't think that's gonna happen in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I would like the Eagles to win because then we would face them. There's still that kind of weird, you know, I don't want to say, it, but like the Mike Vick, 2005 whatever when he he was the first quarterback to beat the Packers in Lambeau oh yeah and Hertz isn't that but you can see a weird game happening there but yeah I think Tampa's gonna play two and or Tampa's gonna win and I mean I said it last year and I'm saying again I'm not too worried about Tampa I still think Tom Brady is gonna be shitty if he has to come to Lambeau I mean again I will say that again he will be shitty at Lambeau yes (laughs) yes good um but I just looking at it now like I don't even think it's it's wild that the Eagles are even in the playoffs. Yeah. And then you look at the, the seven seed on the other side, and it's like, Pittsburgh? Like, what was even the point of adding that extra playoff spot if those are the two teams that, that got in? You know why. The oh, money. the it, Ducks. It's, it's all about the That's money. That's right. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the next game that will be played is the Niners and the Cowboys. Easily, to me, the most intriguing matchup of, yeah. the, of the weekend could be. I mean, what is that? A three-point spread. Three-point spread. Yep, and it's so it's they're pretty much saying that it's an uh, even even matchup. Even matchup because yeah, if I'm betting that game, I'm probably taking the Niners plus the points. points. Yeah, um, and it's just it's just Cowboys in a big game. It's Mike McCarthy in a big game. Like, and the Niners, I think they've won seven of eight. 
They're yeah. they're really hot. They're running the ball well. That Elijah Mitchell is is really good. They got a uh, insane front seven with Warner and Bosa anchoring both. Um, yeah. Would not be surprised at all to see that upset. And obviously with the most likely scenario that the Bucks get the job done, and that would guarantee that we play the Niners. So, um, yeah, if, if would, they won, yeah, yeah, would would not be surprised if if that's the matchup in two weeks. Yeah, they're. It's almost like I'm more afraid of the jersey than the actual team. Honestly, yeah, that was yes, like, that was like the first memorable game we had this year to beat them um, in San 37 Francisco. Seconds, yep. But they are kind of like you love this Kyle poor man's version of what the Niners usually are. Their front seven is good, but it isn't exactly the same yep. when they had, you know, God, was it like Fred Warner? Do they still have him? Oh, yeah. He's he's one of the best in the league. Yeah, I'm trying to think because they had a couple other. Um, oh, DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Um, Armstead. I think yeah. that dude's a mammoth. So, and their offensive line isn't the best. Elijah Mitchell still isn't Raheem Mostert. They do have Debo Samuel. Oh, it, God, that guy's so good. But it's still Jimmy G. And right. at Lambo. It all comes down to, yeah, Jimmy G not striking any fear in me. And. The last time, <laughs> you might get a kick out of this. The last time Jimmy G saw us in the playoffs, he threw the ball eight. I know. I every dude. Every eight. time I hear that stat, I think back to you saying eight over and over <laughs> in that episode. Times. Yeah, I know. It's in that game. Maybe the Cowboys will win, but there's still a team where I don't know what the hell they are. I can just see the Fox coverage of slow motion before commercial of Amari Cooper like you know, taking his helmet off and just looking up and like shaking his head and like, you know, uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott doing the same thing. Like I can already see that happening. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Like honestly, and, and on, that's funny you say that. Maybe it is just like, I'm more scared of the Jersey than the actual people in the Jersey. But I honestly think I'm more scared of the Niners than I am the Cowboys. I just yeah. like the Cowboys, the Cowboys defense, I think is, is pretty suspect. And like, have you taken a peek under the hood on Trevon Diggs's numbers? Oh yeah, that's. It's I think one maybe of those... we already talked about it, but <laughs> it is dreadful. It's it, yeah. It it's once again just like I am a dumb fan, and you know, early in the year, it's like, oh my god, he has so many picks, and now everyone's like, hold on, no one's given up more receiving yards yeah. than Diggs, and he, you know, he gets the interceptions, but aside from that, he just gets it's, beat. It's really. I there was like this. Some guy put together a thread. And it's it's bad. Like it's it, he he said it's genuine. It genuinely, without the interceptions, might be like one of the worst seasons from a right, corner ever. Which is just crazy because you know early on I'm like, oh man, it, there's. I mean, yeah, he had what seven picks in seven games. Yeah, yeah that was ridiculous. Nuts. But uh, yeah, that's why I'm not. I don't know. I just. But then again, the Niners secondary is really banged up too. I think. Yeah. Or sort of their weak link on defense. It. If nothing else, I wouldn't mind seeing the Cowboys because I want to get that interaction between Rodgers and McCarthy. Yes. Because that hasn't happened in the three years, you know, since he's departed. And I, I really, I'd like some, you know, we've got some dramatic, like, meeting at, at uh, you know, midfield or something, and then he'd be asked about, you know, Rodgers would get asked about it after the game, and he'd be like, I'm going to save that for later. And then, you know, yeah. later on, we speculation. see Ooh. what it is. You know, maybe Mike whispered his ear, hey, win this one for us. You know, all that <laughs> bullshit, Disney crap. But the last NFC game uh, to talk about the Cardinals and Rams play on Monday. First time that's happening for the playoffs. Uh, in Los Angeles, the Rams are four-point favorites. Kyle, what do you feel about that game? So, yeah, if obviously Bucks and Cowboys get it done, 
we will pl- i mean our listeners are s- the smartest football fans so they already know this mm-hmm. but um if the if the bucks and the cowboys both win then we'll just simply play the winner of that monday night game and uh yeah the these these two teams are very weird they're just seem to be wildly inconsistent you never know what version of them you're gonna get yep i mean even in this like I mean, they just played, and the Rams went up 17-0. Yeah. Or no, that was – sorry, that, they played the Niners. But the Rams went up – They still had to have a – yeah, comeback. Right. The Niners. Rams went up 17-0 and then just blew the game because, once again, like, the media was so intent on crowning Matthew Stafford as, like, a top-five quarterback ever this offseason. It was just Detroit that was holding him back. And, and you see now, like, oh, oh. That's why he's never won a playoff game. Yeah, it's because I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> De- it was Detroit absence absent of fault. Absolutely not. But neither is Matthew Stafford. It's you have to do like a <laughs> a mental eyeball test. That that isn't a thing. But I'm just thinking right now. You know, going into the Rams game in the playoffs last year, I was like, I didn't really care. But now it's like because it was Jared Goff. Because it was Jared Goff, and now if we're playing the Rams, I'd be you know I'd be thinking about yeah it a lot yeah more. He, he's absolutely a much bigger threat than Jared Goff. But I mean, Cardinals could win too. This will be a warm weather game, but the the Cardinals for me, it's every year they come out. Maybe not every year they come out hot, but it's like Kyler Murray just flashes and everyone blows up about it. And it's like I'm not going to take the Cardinals seriously anymore until December. You know, yeah. mid midway yeah. through, it has to be Christmas, and then maybe I'll take yep, them more seriously. Yep, they're gonna go. They're gonna go. They're gonna start seven and one next year, and they're they're gonna be once again the talk. And yeah, I'm just gonna ignore it and just let's let's see how they play in December. Cliff Kingsbury, I just don't think he's the guy. It's crazy that he got fired in the in college and then hired to the NFL. That's still in the same off season. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that game, I think I would take the Rams just because they're the home team. But like you said, there's both such weird teams really have no idea yeah i mean hopefully i kind of i kind of want to see the niners or the eagles so we don't have to wait till monday to know who we're playing um but yeah i mean so we have four possible opponents eagles niners rams cards spence who are you the most fearful of and who are you the most uh, I guess not fearful of. <laughs> very, very good, Kyle. I don't know. It's I'm always about narratives with this shit. This is where mm. I really get my stupid Disney brain going. No, but just you as a fan, like not any yeah. sort of narrative or, or storyline, but just like as X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. Uh, obviously, I'd like to play the Eagles. Eagles are number one. They are the seventh seed. Yep. And then other than that, it's like... Yeah, it's really about the other three. It feels right for it to be the Niners, just because yep. I, th- I think they're going to upset. That seems like the right thing to yep. happen with what's happened in the NFL this year and just what I'm thinking because it would be kind of a boogeyman type thing for us to once again get over the hill mm-hmm. beating the Niners. It does suck because, you know, <laughs> this is stupid, but it's like you almost have to rate them as cold weather teams. And the best cold weather team of like the potential teams that we would play, I mean, number one is probably the Niners. And then after that, it might be, I, I don't know, I'd put the cards last. Just I mean, maybe the Eagles. Yeah, but, but, they're, but, but in, they're a running team. And well, and they're just not as good as the Niners. Right. So that that's kind of where I'm at. So 
I don't know. It's seeing both. We already saw the Rams and Odell and stuff. It's like they're not going to want to play in the cold. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals, Murray, like I see him literally being pushed over and shattering in January <laughs> when we play them. A million so, little pieces. <laughs> yeah. So it's that's kind of where I'm at. It's next. You know, when we play someone, it'll be a nice build up. I'll feel pretty good about it either way. It's more so. I don't want to look ahead, but I am looking ahead. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Well, I mean, yeah, there. that's I mean, that's the luxury we have. We literally get to look ahead because we don't have an opponent yet. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I guess that's what I'm saying is I don't really care about the divisional round. It's the game after. That oh, that oh, yeah. 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 Um, Back at you, Kyle. What? Yeah, I, I think the Niners, I would I'm probably I mean, I think they match up the best of of those teams with the pack. Um just because they love to run the ball and Packers run D is probably the most right suspect on that unit. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind playing the winner of Rams cards and yeah, I would just say my, my preferred opponent would be from one to four would be Eagles Rams cards, Niners. Eh, Rams cards you can kind of flip flop because I don't have yeah, we seen I've, I've got that pretty close. Have too. we seen yeah. Kyler in a like a real like cold cold game yet? I don't think we have. I don't think so. Plus, like even in his career, I mean, like at all. Plus, with the injuries, they have like JJ Watt and maybe Hopkins coming back too. It's like those guys. I feel Which like especially I, in the cold is. I mean, the JJ Watt more. is in an incredible story, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. It'd be a that. lot more incredible if he would have decided to play for the Packers this year. God, right. Could you imagine? Where would he even fit right now? I don't even care. We don't have to talk about that shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The one thing I'm kind of sad about is I wish, hypothetically, that we could play the Cowboys and the Bucks just because that would be the most Disney of more, all the well, shit. Well, no, because, yeah. Well, Over the no, hump from last year, no, Tom I think Brady. Niners, I think Niners would be yeah. the most redemptive. Like, if it could go... Niners, Bucks, Chiefs. That would be uh Oof. that would be incredible. I agree. I think the NFL would agree too. Hopefully, like I, I, hopefully like, they can keep the refs calling games how they are, you know, only you know, they're obviously calling games for us because the refs only call penalties against the Packers right. or you know, against the I did opponent. I did send out the uh the GoFundMe playoff link mm. uh for all of us to donate for the refs. So make sure you check that. Um, so we'll have all the calls our way. Um, but yeah, that it's now that I think about it, it's funny how Niners would be like the most is probably the matchup I'd probably want to avoid the most, but a victory there would be the sweetest just because of the history over yeah. the past since, you know, 2012, 13 or whatever, all the, all the shit they've put us through. So yeah, true. I guess, I guess honestly, it's like for me, the Cowboys are just higher on that narrative ranking because we've Mike, the, big the, Mike, big Mike, obviously, but the Niners thing has been played out so fucking true. much over the last, true. You know, the last oh, and I wasn't even thinking about the fucking Alex Smith bullshit. Well, the Alex Smith I was just bullshit, thinking about the, uh, Colin Kaepernick and yes, the, the but, NFC, you know, uh, eight, Janet. Eight. Shanahan and LaFleur, that's always oh, built yeah. up. I guess his brother's in New York now. So yeah, they'll have no no shortage of, of stories to to pound back into our head if, if it is the Niners. But yeah, it'll be fun. Either way, you know, nice weekend of football. Yeah, the bottom line is oh and gonna Monday. gamble on every game. It's gonna be so responsibly. Damn fun. Responsible, of course. Could have been a sponsor, responsibly. Yep. Yep. So um We shall see. 
But with that, sadly, everyone's favorite part of the episode. If you could please leave a five-star review, that would be cool. Still didn't get any reviews since last week or quite a while. So maybe if you're thinking about it, just do it right now. Just do it right now. It's crazy that we have, I think we're up to like 1.75 million listeners an episode, and we still have those little reviews. It's... That's good. Don't you want your voice heard? Yeah, I don't want to like pull out the the parenting technique, but like I I am disappointed. Yeah, we're I'm, a little I'm little disappointed in our listeners. Ninety nine percent, you know, we're very happy you guys listen every week. It's nice that you know Kyle and I and sometimes Hank, you know, bullshit about the Packers for a full hour and a half usually, and mm-hmm. people keep coming back for more. But at the same time, hey, why don't you leave us a review? I'm begging. I, I understand. I understand that. Yeah, like this is probably a as perfect as a podcast can get yes like content humor information oh it, it's it's absolutely perfect you but couldn't ask for more there's got to be something that we do poorly like y- yeah I'm, I'm i'm actively seeking criticism and and constructive feedback like i i genuinely want that i want to make this podcast more perfect exactly so be honest and when i say that that means five-star review and you can write what Whatever you want after Whatever that. you want. Well, read on the podcast. You can leave reviews on iTunes. I think on Spotify as well. So just do that and hell, you know, take a screenshot, whatever, DM it Still to got us. Still got Pod on Twitter or email us, pmppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you know, email us, DM us, anything. I really don't care. Uh, questions for Kyle too for Is Kyle an Idiot? Mm. Um, but yeah, send your address and we'll send you a free koozie as well. But uh, with that... Uh, Kyle, you know, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Excited for Bonanza Part 6. Yeah. God, it's still wild that it's six episodes. So what is that? Three times three. Nine. Nine hours of bi-week Bonanzas is what wow. we'll have by, by the end of Why this. Why did you do three times three? Why don't you just do um six times 1.5? I guess that's probably not. I guess it's two times. Yeah. I don't know why how my brain went that way. Yeah, how it worked with the three <laughs> and the three. That was I'm sure it was accurate. <laughs> but Kyle, uh, do you have anything else? I do not. Okay. Well, with that, Eric Hoskinen, please don't sue us. Go back, go. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah. Cause it just won't pay. I worked all year. Then they took my money away Now I don't care They ain't working like me down here I said, hey now, little baby I'm gonna be put down in debt You can take the job and shove it Cause I ain't working here no more I ain't rich, honey, you wanna stay with me Yeah, you're gonna stay for
like a cigarette. 